Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Author Access, where authors get published and published authors get successful. I'm Susan Violante, author and editorial assistant for Reader Views, sitting in for Irene Watson at Reader Views in Austin, Texas. And I'm Alan Smith, and for Victor Volkman of Loving Healing Press in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I'd like to welcome all of our listeners to episode number 134 in our series. Tonight's topic will be The Book Whisperer, What One Does and why you should have one. With special guest Caroline Scarborough, you can learn more about our guests on the Authors Access website, which is authorsaccess.com. We would love to hear from you about tonight's show, so please send your questions and comments to info at authorsaccess.com. Carolyn Scarborough is a professionally trained life and writing coach who works with people to turn their whispering to write into reality. Her most recent book is Backyard Pearls, Cultivating Wisdom and Joy in Everyday Life. She is an award-winning magazine writer, editor, and newspaper columnist and has published more than 500 articles in magazines around the world. Her passion is inspiring people to tap into their own inner wisdom, then share their message with the world through books, blogs, or articles. She coaches people privately, as well as with a telecourse and in live retreat formats. In addition, she serves as program director for the Austin chapter of the International Coach Federation and is a member of the Writers League of Texas, Story Circle Network, and the Association for Women in Communications. To learn more about Carolyn, please go to her website, which is www.backyardpearls.com. Hi, Carolyn. Hello there. How are you doing this evening? I am doing wonderfully. We have some rain out here in Texas, so it's quite beautiful. It is. Um, I visited your website, and I was actually very, very curious about how can we get in touch with our writer's voice? The writer's voice comes when we really pay attention and listen to ourselves. And, you know, you, you really see your writer's voice throughout your day if you're paying attention. And I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, one of my daughters, I was taking a walk with her in the schoolyard across the street, and there was a giant map on the ground. And she immediately went to the top of the map. It was a map of the United States. She went to the top instead of the bottom and started looking. And I said, well, don't you want to come around to the other side to look at it? And she said, no, it's so much more interesting looking at the United States upside down and looking at the way the different shapes are upside down. Well, she also happens to be a poet, and in her poetry, her voice is really seeing things from a different perspective, kind of seeing them from an upside-down way. So, in other words, if you kind of pay attention to how you're going about your day-to-day life, you know, the kind of jokes that you're making, you know, whether you're soft-spoken, whether you're loud and brassy, all of those things kind of point towards your writer's voice. So it's it's basically we have just one voice, uh, or does that depend on what type of writing we're doing? For You know, I write different things, for example. So do we have different voices as we go on, or...? Yeah, you have different voices. We can all access different voices. I think, you know, sometimes when people say voice, what they really mean is how do we access our most authentic self? In other words, how do we write from a deeper place rather than writing from a surface level? Because we've all had the experience of 
you know, maybe you meet somebody new and you kind of put on a persona and you feel a little fake, a little bit stiff and uncomfortable and, you know, so that could kind of be considered a voice, but that may not be one that we want. Whereas imagine, again, meeting somebody where you're just really feeling comfortable in your own skin. You know, you feel like you're coming from a deeper, more authentic place when you're talking to them. That's what you want to be able to access when you choose to access it with your writing. Yeah. And and I'll give you another example. I think, you know, one way that writers can access this is by having a regular journaling practice. And when they journal, you know, you can put anything out. You're not self-editing. Self-editing is never a good idea anyway when you're writing your original draft. It's better just to kind of let it out. But when you're journaling, you can write and write fearlessly. And that way you can kind of build up your muscle towards writing that way, you know, at other times. And I'll give you another homegrown example here, which is my dog. And when we go out on walks, you know, he's very good on the leash and he stays right by my side and he goes and and that's great. That's kind of like when we trot out our writing and, you know, we're putting forth our ideas and so forth and, and they're very orderly and, and they make sense. But then when I get out to a field with him and I let him off the leash, oh, my gosh, then he will run and he'll bound and he'll jump and he'll roll and he'll dig in the garbage cans until I stop him and... You know, he'll do everything. And so that's what you want to do with your journal and with your writing. And you can always edit out, like you can edit out the eating in the garbage can part, right? <laughs> but, but you don't want to edit it out before you've even put it on the page. Caroline, sometimes we do have that voice in our head and, and we, we are tuned in with it, but we sit down in front of the computer and we just cannot write something at all. What is, uh, maybe you can help us understand, what is writer's block and how can we dissolve it? Yeah, well, with writer's block, you know, part of what I work with clients on is something that I call writing in the now. And I think the ideal thing is to really fully get in the present moment when you sit down to write. And if you're not in the present moment, that's when writer's block can come up through your thinking. So I'll give you an example. In my mind, you can have what I call too much past or too much future. So if you sit down to write and have too much past, some of the things that can come up and, you know, and kind of get you are, uh, for instance, thinking about what you're second grade teacher said, you know, and they said, oh, my gosh, you know, a monkey can write better than you can, and, you know, nice try, but really, you know, stay out of writing, maybe you should go into math instead, or whatever it is, so when we start dwelling on things like that, that takes us out of the moment. When we're looking at our old habits and, uh, you know, patterns that takes us out of the moment. And, you know, all of those negative voices, the voices of teachers, parents, 
all of that takes us out of the moment. And then there's also what I call too much future, which is, I don't know if you've ever had the experience of sitting down to write, and all of a sudden you're thinking about, oh, my gosh, what are people going to think of this? Who's going to read it? Who's, you know, are people going to like it? And, you know, when should I publish it? I wonder how many copies I should publish. And, you know, so, again, you're out of the present moment in the process of writing and into the future. But when you can really be present in that moment, that's when you get out of your blocks. Hmm. Carolyn, it, it sounds easy, but there are some times where you're even in the moment and you just don't feel motivated to write. How can we get motivated? Okay, so, you know, it it. it I really, when I coach with clients, I laser right into that moment, and I'll ask somebody what they're thinking at that moment, what they're feeling at that moment, because there's always clues in there. You know, it's hard to kind of say in across the board what you do because it's so individual, but um, one thing that can help, again, for getting into that moment is taking some deep breaths and connecting yourself with your body. And there's a a saying, uh, something along the lines of, enlightenment is intimacy with all things. And what that really means is when you're deeply connected with something, you can't help but to accept and love it. You know, if you take a leaf and you really deeply look at it, all of a sudden what arises is, you know, some sort of wonder about it. Wow, look at the, you know, the colors and look at the veins on it and look at the shape. So if you do the same thing with your writing, when you're sitting there, usually when you're not motivated, there's some sort of resistance going on. And so if you can take a moment to really accept and be with whatever it is that you're writing then, you know, and and let however you're feeling be okay. It's not trying to get yourself in a different state. It's fully accepting, okay, I'm sitting here. I'm not feeling inspired. I accept that. But then you keep tuning into the present moment, then usually something breaks through. And I'm going to read a quote that I really like. Um, It's from the book The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. And he talks about resistance in writing. And he says um, that we hit resistance with, and I quote, any act that rejects immediate gratification in favor of long-term growth, health, or integrity. Or, expressed another way, any act that derives from our higher nature instead of our lower any of these will elicit resistance. So that's why when we sit down to write sometimes, we encounter that resistance because, honestly, it feels a lot easier to go, you know, call your Aunt Mabel or file your nails or, you know, clean clean the, the back of the refrigerator, you know, just Almost about anything. anything. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, because the resistance comes up when we're trying to get to a deeper place. Is it common, do you see it a lot with your clients, that they 
get distracted uh, to do almost anything other than writing? Yeah, they do. And, you know, what's so interesting, too, is that distractions aren't always obvious. I mean, people know the obvious distractions like Facebook or email or, you know, watching television. You know, those are the obvious distractions. But then there's other distractions that are not so obvious that are kind of subtle ways that we derail ourselves. And I'll give you an example. Um, For instance, I'm a mother, and I know one day, you know, I, I found myself packing lunch for my daughter, and she was saying that she had one lunch period earlier in the day and one later in the day. And I started thinking, well, maybe I should make a little chart. And I'm not a chart maker at all. And I thought, maybe I should make a little chart to note when are the early lunches and when are the late lunches so that I can pack more into the days that she has to wait longer to eat. <laughs> you know, and so my mind went down this whole track before all of a sudden I caught myself and it's like, oh my gosh, there I go. You know, I had planned to sit down and write, but instead I found myself spinning off onto you know, what I rationalized was good caregiving. But anything, if taken too far, can turn into a distraction. I found, Caroline, that when I'm writing, because I'm journaling, and I enjoy it very much because uh, any, anything goes, but when I have to write because I have, you know, I have to continue my book and, and I'm, I have this project that I'm doing, it, it's a little bit more difficult. How can we make the writing easier and more joyful? all the time. So what is it that you're encountering that feels difficult when you sit down to work on your book? I think it's the fact that it's something that I, I have a, a deadline or it's it's not just it's not the free writing where you're just emptying your mind to make room for more stuff to come in, I guess. It's more like a, an objective writing. How can we make that uh, more joyful and more so that you 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 know, you enjoy it more and it becomes easier, I guess. Yeah, well, again, you know, as soon as you said the word deadline, that tells me too much future. Because when you're sitting down and you're thinking to yourself, oh, my gosh, I have a deadline, I have to be fast, I have to hurry up, then you're adding those thoughts and that stress instead of taking a deep breath and tuning into your body. When we start tuning into our body more, then we automatically get into the present moment more because you can't be completely in your head and consumed by those stress and worry thoughts and at the same time be present with your body. So the easiest way to do that is the breath. But I also advise people when they're sitting down to write, you know, don't just go up into your head and leave the rest of you behind. Stay connected in because, you know, what happens is we sit down to write and all of a sudden we start, you know, like getting an ache in this arm, but we're so busy writing or worrying about writing or whatever it is we're doing, we don't notice it, and it's getting worse and worse, and then we start getting really uncomfortable, and then the flavor of that starts seeping into our writing, and then we're not enjoying the process where... Instead, if we just sit and write and have some space around it 
and we pause every so often and check in, and when we notice, you know, that tightness between our shoulder blades, we just focus there. And then we, you know, maybe stand up and stretch a little bit, but we focus some acceptance on there or we breathe into that area. So the more we're kind of keeping our bodies, you know, tuned in and comfortable, the more that we can write with a sense of ease. That is and so then funny. another, yeah, and then another thing um, that I like to do is have what I call the bridge into writing, which is like a ritual. And, and that's a, something just to get you into that writer's space. So let's say you're writing something and you want it to be funny and uplifting. And let's just say you had an argument with your husband and then you go in and you sit down to write. <laughs> now, you can imagine just how fun and uplifting <laughs> that writing is going to be. But if you if you pause and, and create some kind of ritual, maybe you're putting on music that, you know, is really, you know, loud and fun for you or or you're doing a page or two of venting and you're just writing and venting just to get that out and then you do five minutes of breathing and then move into it. Mm-hmm. Again, it's anything to get you into that present moment. Like setting the mood, I guess. <laughs> exactly, the... exactly. You can light candles, you can have That's chocolate. something I don't do, so it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you can treat your writer as your lover, you know, seduce it and, and, you know, have fun with it. And, you know, in fact, if you look at it that way, how is your relationship with your lover? I mean, slash writing, you know, do you say you'll show up and then you don't show up, you know, and leave it hanging? Or, you know, look at it as a relationship and how you want to facilitate that. Hmm. Carolyn, I've always heard many times that we all have at least one good book in us, you know, the story of our lives and all that stuff. Could that be one of the voices that we hear, and not just the voice that we, when we write, but also the voice that makes us write and look for that story within us? Yeah, and honestly, I do believe everybody has one good book in them because you know, we're human and we're on this earth and we're all experiencing something completely unique. And in my mind, there's validity, you know, to what we want to express. And so when you have this voice, you know, that's just kind of whispering, you know, to get out and write something, then that is your deeper nature that is calling to you. Because some people don't have that voice. And that's fine. They're not meant to write, you know. But if you are hearing it, and especially if it comes more than once, if it, you know, comes on a regular basis, then, you know, that that really is your soul crying out for expression. Mm-hmm. Carolyn, a, a book whisperer obviously doesn't work only with novelists. Sometimes the voices the writers hear are all about business, aren't they? Exactly. And in my mind, it's the same process. It doesn't matter if it's fiction or nonfiction or whatever it is. It's still about, you know, stopping, getting in the moment, going to your deepest, you know, deepest voice and writing from there. And what I like to do and, and the reason that 
people have called me the book whisperer is because, you know, I don't like to just say, okay, here's what you do. It's the same for everybody. Here's the assembly line method. It's really, as a coach, for me, it's all about really deep listening. And so when someone is talking and expressing, I notice the tone of their voice. I notice the words they're using. I notice the subtle emotions that are behind it because all those are clues to why somebody may be getting stuck. And by listening to that, literally you just people unblock. You know, by having, usually it just takes one session and people unblock. It's just very easy once you kind of know what to look for and how to listen and how to shift that. Carolyn, how is a book whisperer different from a good, kind, compassionate editor? Um, They're very different because I actually uh, was an editor for many years. Um, And when I was an editor, I would take copy and I would, you know, look at the copy and suggest changes and, you know, suggest maybe a different direction and, and I would go through, obviously, in line by line. You know, you look at the grammar and all of that. Depends what kind of editor, copy editor, content editor, or whatever. So the editor is really focused on the work, on the writing itself. But for me, I am focused on the person doing the writing. So I may look at somebody's writing a little bit, but I had one client who I coached through writing the whole book, and it it was a two-year process. Some people take a month. You know, he took two years because he really wanted to, you know, savor the process, and that was right for him. And I never even saw the book because it was all about us getting together and me hearing, you know, what was slowing him up or why it wasn't fun or, you know, whatever was happening. And then I would coach him into finding more possibilities where it became light again and fun and he was inspired to to move forward. So it's the difference is focusing on the writing versus focusing on the person. Even even uh with um with the insight about, you know, us whispering to ourselves and listening to our voices, it is so hard to break through out of writer's block. How can we turn uh, writer's block uh, and negative self-talk into gifts for our writing? Well, thing that I love about writing is, you know, when you sit down, you know, that's that's when what I call the, you know, 100-pound alligators show up, right? <laughs> you know, because we're so busy moving and doing, and we sit down to write, and we're actually slowing down enough to hear the voices in our head which is a huge gift no matter what they're saying or if they're positive or negative because unless we can hear, you know, kind of the tape that is playing in our head, we can't make any shifts. We can't become more self-aware. So writing, even if you're sitting down to write a business book, again, it doesn't matter what kind of writing, you have to slow down enough to do it. And you know, that's just a beautiful challenge because we get to hear what's there. Yeah. Carolyn, to put everything in perspective for our listeners, uh, can you give us just like bullet point tips for our um, 
for our listeners um, when anything that we haven't mentioned, any any other new wisdom that you can uh, let our listeners know? Well, I, th- I think kind of foundational to all this um, is awareness and having self-awareness. Um, for instance, let's say that I have decided that I'm going to write at 9 o'clock in the morning, and I go ahead and it's 9.10, and all of a sudden I notice, oh, my gosh, I was going to write, and I didn't. So that is a great opportunity not to beat ourselves up, but to have some compassion and non-judgment and awareness. And so then that's when we just start getting curious. Isn't that interesting? I had planned to write at 9.10. What happened? And we start noticing, or maybe it's 8.55 and we're, and we're about to move into writing and we feel resistance. That's when we can get curious and notice what thoughts are going through our heads or what feelings or what body sensations. And then just non-judgmentally notice that because that's great information to tell us where we might be getting stuck. So if we just go throughout our day or especially, you know, right before, you know, we decide to sit down to write or as we're writing with the greater awareness and obviously, if we're beating ourselves up and judging ourselves, then who would want to be aware? <laughs> I wouldn't. I would rather, you know, walk around in a trance. So the key thing there is to notice with compassion, without judging. Just get that information so you can move forward. Carolyn, how do you know or how does the writer that you're working with know when they found their real, true voice? It's the feeling that they have when they're writing. Because when you've really found your voice, then there's just a sense of... And and, and I don't think there's a big finding it, like I found it and forevermore I have it, or, you know, it's a moment-by-moment basis. We kind of tend to go in and out of it, but sometimes we can get in a flow you know, and write for quite a long time in that voice, which is when we're in that sense of flow and it does feel easier and it does feel lighter. But when we're not in that, it comes back to non-judgment because you can still write good things even when you're not there. But just notice, okay, I'm feeling a little more, you know, stuck here, resistance or a little more stilted and, you know, accept that, have that be okay, good information, and you just keep moving forward. Well, Caroline, so much good information for our listeners. Um, I I would like uh, for you, before uh, we get to the end of the show, uh, mention uh, your upcoming women's writing retreat that uh, you have uh, in Driftwood outside of Austin here in Texas. Um, So uh, if you can tell us a little bit of it and and give us information of uh, when and where can um, the listeners find out information about it? Yes. um, You can go to my website, which is backyardpearls.com, and click on the services button, and that will bring up uh, all the information about the retreat. It's uh, June 18th from 930 to 2. 
and it's in a beautiful retreat center out on five acres, total privacy, so it'll be a great place just to really let go and be able to have the quiet and the space to listen deeply and I'm going to be having guided visualizations and meditations and prompts and things just to help people access different, you know, deeper places in their writing. It sounds great. I want to thank you so much for um, coming over to our show and and share all this wisdom um, for with our listeners. And I'm so happy to have been lucky enough to be sitting for Irene to hear your um message because um, it is going to help me a lot. So, so I want to thank you so much for being here and uh, unfortunately we're running out of time. Um, thank you so much. Well, thank you both. I've enjoyed every moment of it and and uh, look forward to hearing about your writing as well. Great. Thank you. You've been listening to another podcast edition of Authors Access where authors get published and published authors get successful. You can learn more about our guests on the Authors Access website, which is authorsaccess.com. Stay tuned for the next episode, Finding the Right Mentor for Your Book, with special guest Patricka Vaughn. We'd like to hear from you about tonight's show. Please send your questions and comments to info at authorsaccess.com. Authors Access is the joint production of Reader Views, Inc. and Loving Healing Press. For Reader Views, this is Susan Violante in Austin, Texas. And I'm Alan Smith for Loving Healing Press. Wishing you a good evening.